All right, let's take our Bible, Luke chapter 11. Let's stand if we would. I will reverence the reading of God's Word. A very elementary message tonight, something that we should uh, all know. But I want to preach tonight on learning to pray. Learning to pray. Luke chapter 11. Let's begin to read in verse 1. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will ye give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will ye give for a fish him a serpent? Or if ye shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You can be seated tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, we thank you tonight for just the opportunity to be able to come and stand one more time. It's good to be saved. But Lord, it's good to be called to preach. And I thank you for my calling tonight. And I thank you for this church that has been such a blessing to me for the past almost 22 years. And Lord, I pray I've been as much a blessing to them as they've been to me. I pray I've helped them. But Lord, one more time I stand to preach. One more time, Lord, that we certainly stand in need of you to come by and anoint us afresh. Lord, just to help us for a little while. Lord, I pray tonight for the one that might be here that's lost, that needs to get saved. I ask, Lord, that you would touch them and help them tonight to see their need of salvation and then move. I ask tonight for the one that might be struggling. I pray that you would encourage them and help them. And again, I ask you to help us while we might preach. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you for saving us and save that sinner's nearest tale. For all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, Prayer is a function, a key function, uh, in that of a saved person's life tonight, of a Christian's life. A prayer is talking to the Lord, but it's not only talking, but it is also listening. And I'm not sure that I learned how to pray and that I'm not still learning how to pray since I come down here to pastor. Uh, I come down here when I was 26 years old uh, uh, and thought I knew everything and it didn't take long to figure out I didn't know a whole lot 
uh, at that time. Uh, but I did learn one thing, and that's uh, how to pray. Uh, prayer shouldn't be something that just happens at mealtime or at bedtime, and it is not some kind of hocus-pocus uh, that we have tonight to get God to uh, move uh, in our direction so that we might get uh, what we want. And so the Lord's disciples come to Him here in this chapter and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught His disciples. And so praying is something that we have to learn as a Christian. It's not something I think that comes naturally to us if I could say that. But to get saved, you have to pray. Uh, you have to ask God to save you uh, and come into your heart the best way that uh, you know how. I remember the night that I got saved, I didn't know how to pray, uh, uh, but I figured it out. Amen. Uh, when I found myself on that altar, uh, I figured out that I could talk to heaven from my heart, uh, uh, and He saved me that night. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you tonight, uh, uh, the first prayer that you really ought to pray uh, is Lord save me a sinner. Uh, it's a very simple prayer. It's a very easy prayer. It's a very quick prayer. Uh, you don't have to spend a long time uh, in conversation with the Lord uh, about getting saved. Uh, now if you want to, that's fine. That's great. I think you ought to pray uh, till you get done. Amen. I learned that a long time ago. Uh, when somebody comes to get saved, I just let them pray uh, till they get done, till they're satisfied in their heart uh, and they're happy in their heart and knows that Jesus saved them. I, I will just let them pray. Amen. Uh, but tonight, he gave them some instruction. A lot of times it's called the Lord's Prayer. We call it the model prayer. And he begins to give them some instruction in how to do that, uh, who to pray to and how holy he really is. Uh, he said, Hallowed is His name. Uh, I mean, He is a holy God uh, uh, that we're approaching. I, I know that He says, let us come boldly uh, uh, under the throne of grace. I understand that. I know that. But I'm going to tell you, that don't mean arrogantly. Uh, uh, that don't mean flippantly. Uh, uh, friend, I think when we approach the throne of grace, uh, we can come boldly. But I think we ought to do it reverentially uh, uh, and with some holiness, amen, uh, about ourselves tonight. He talks about His will. Talks about His kingdom uh, coming. Uh, he said, Thy will be done. By the way, His kingdom is coming one day. He is going to set His kingdom up one day after a while. Uh, Thy will be done in heaven, uh, so in earth. He said, Give us this day uh, our daily bread. We see our daily provisions uh, and talks about the forgiveness that we've had uh, and how we're to forgive others. What was it he said in Ephesians 4? And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, uh, uh, forgiven one another, even as God for Christ's sake uh, hath forgiven you. You've been forgiven tonight uh, uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, you ought to want to forgive others. Amen tonight. There's something wrong with you tonight. Uh, if you won't forgive others and you hold malice uh, and a grudge in your heart tonight uh, and hold on to bitterness, uh, but there's something wrong with you tonight. Amen. If you're going to tell me you're saved tonight, you ought to be willing to forgive. Stephen stood there in Acts 6 while they stoned him. They stoned him and he said, Lord, let not to their charge. 
They hated him. They, they literally hated Stephen. Stephen took, I'll get started here in a minute. Stephen took them all the way back to Abraham and preached from Abraham to Jesus Christ and all of Israel in between and laid it out there and they hated him and stoned him. But yet he said, forgive them. And the model prayer was to direct us away from temptation and from evil. But then he came on down here and give us an example of how to pray and what happens when we do pray. As I said, it's very elementary, but I want you to stay with me because I think that uh, I won't say a lot of Christians, but some Christians, and hopefully not you, does not have a prayer life. If, if you're going to get anything done with the Lord and get any instruction from the Lord, you, you need a prayer life. Uh, you need some help. And I don't know what your prayer life looks like. I know what mine is and sometimes mine's real good and other times it suffers. Well, if you notice right here, he begins to lay out and talks about the friend who had one come by at midnight and he goes and he knocks on his other friend's door and he says, let me have something because he's come and I have nothing. And in verse 7 he said, From within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and the children are with me in the bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Do you know what that word importunity means? That word importunity means to uh, an urgent request, but it is urged uh, with some troublesome frequency. You know what that means? That means he just kept on knocking on the door. That means he kept on asking. So in learning to pray, and by the way, these ain't any, in any specific order tonight. In learning to pray, first of all, you need to do it faithfully all the time. Uh, you need to not quit. Uh, you need to stay after it. He said that because of the importunity, normally he would not arise, normally he would not get up, but because he stood out there uh, and he kept knocking and he kept trying uh, uh, and finally he got up uh, uh, and he gave him what he wanted and what he needed. Luke chapter 18, Brother Jeff come across this. In Sunday school this morning, Luke 18, and he spake a parable, verse 1, unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. What did he say over in the book of 1 Thessalonians? Stay right there in Luke. But what did he say in 1 Thessalonians? Pray without ceasing. One of the very few things that he told us to do all the time. He didn't say preach without ceasing. He didn't say teach without ceasing. He didn't say witness without ceasing. He said pray without ceasing. What did he say about his house? He said you've turned it into a den of thieves. What was it? But he said my house shall be what? Called a house of what? Prayer. Not a house of preaching. Not a house of teaching. But a house of prayer. Hey, something about that right there. Amen. Listen, there's something about praying. He said men always ought to pray uh, and not to faint. Y'all getting this tonight? Amen. 
Stay with me now. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her what? Continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear along with them? I, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now he's talking about avenging those that are against Israel, but because they kept coming. Let me, under, let me get this across to you tonight. If you want God to answer your prayer, you've got to do it faithfully. I know sometimes we need it now. He knows what we need now. He knows the answer we need now. You know, sometimes you've got between today and tomorrow, and it's got, you've got to have an answer then. He knows that. He understands that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes, uh, uh, friend, we have just got to stay after it uh, and keep praying. I thought about Abraham uh, uh, in Genesis 18. What did he do? He bargained for Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't stop at 50, did he? Didn't stop at 45. Didn't stop at 40. Didn't stop at 30. Didn't stop at 20. When he got to 10, he quit. And all the way down through there, God said, if I find ten righteous people in Sodom, he said, I'll spare it. But Abraham was afar off over there looking out into the plains, and I bet he saw everything that happened. He couldn't even find ten righteous people. God would have done exactly what he said he would have done. The early church in Acts chapter 12 they prayed for Peter, didn't they? That would, have been a good, that would have been a good scripture for this morning, wouldn't it? They couldn't believe what God had done, could they? Acts 12, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and the God for him. And when he shows up over and knocks on the gate, Rhoda couldn't believe that it was him standing there. But they prayed all night, didn't they? And then when she said, it's him, uh, it's him, she went back in and told them it was him. They said, oh, it's not him, it must be his spirit. Boy, they had great faith in that. You know, I'm poking a little fun at them because I find myself in the same shape sometimes. We looked at that scripture this morning that Job said, was it in Job chapter 9 that if he hearkened unto me, I, w- I wouldn't believe it? I mean, if you, you know, I'm getting back on this morning, but have you ever prayed and God answered and you was amazed? Boy, I have been. Matthew chapter 15, you find the story of the Syrophoenician. Now, I'm talking about praying faithfully and staying after it. You know, sometimes you just got to keep praying the same prayer. I ain't talking about vain repetitions, but I'm talking about praying the same prayer. And in Matthew 15, verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. You ever been there? 
You ever prayed? Have you ever prayed and the Lord would not answer you a word? You ever prayed and asked God to help, but it seems like help ain't coming. It seems like you can't get an answer. seems like you can't get to heaven. And here it is. And his disciples, now notice what, what and his disciples came and besought him, uh, saying, send her away, uh, for she cries after us. Lord, you won't hear her. And now she's talking to us. But he answered and said, I'm not sinned, unto, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. You've got to realize, you have to realize, he was dealing with a Gentile right here. And, and, and she was coming to him. She knew who he was, though, because she called him son of David. She knew who he was. She knew what he was capable of. And I mean, he wouldn't even talk to her, wouldn't have nothing to do with her. Uh, and she said, Lord, help me. And he said, it's not me to, uh, for me to give the, the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Verse 27, boy, she got real humble, didn't she? And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That would have never happened had she just quit. We miss a lot of things. I think sometimes seeing God move because we simply give up in praying. Be faithful in your prayer. But then number two, pray in faith. There is a difference between faith and faithfulness. Faith, Hebrews chapter 11 said, But without faith uh, uh, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God uh, must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them uh, that diligently seek Him. You've got to come to Him in faith. You've got to believe that He can. Not that He will, but that He can. You know what did he say in James 1? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He said, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. He said, If you need, you come and ask, but you ask in faith. When you pray, do you believe that God hears you and can hear you and will answer your, can answer your prayer? Do you pray in faith? That's a little hard to do sometimes, ain't it? I mean, we ask God to do some things that uh, just seems astronomical. Looked at that this morning, didn't we? They said that it was as a dream. It was unimaginable, wasn't it, of what God had done. You want your faith strengthened? The Bible said, so faith then cometh, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want faith? Read your Bible. You want to see what God can do and will do? Read your Bible. Read it. He's still the same God. I mean, the same God that penned this book and give it to us, He's still the same God. He still does the same work. He still works the same way. Oh, preacher. No. Then let me say it like this. If you don't want to believe that, that's fine. But when your prayers don't get answered, that's the problem. Can I tell you, the more you see God moving in your life, the more you'll believe Him 
and trust Him. The more you watch Him move in your life, it will help your faith. He may put you in some tough places and some tight spots sometimes just so that you'll trust Him and believe Him. He done Abraham the same way. He tried Abraham's faith. I mean, what makes you think that He won't try ours sometime along the way? I mean, who are we? I mean, I mean, you go over there in, in the book of 1 Peter uh, or in the book of Peter and, and, and he talks about uh, all those fiery trials that come. I mean, they come to try our faith sometimes. But we pray in faith. I'm glad the Lord hears. You know, he never promises to answer yes, but he does promise to hear. Now I do know that if you regard iniquity, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I understand that and know that, but I'm talking about what was it he said over here. But I know, but know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Let me ask you this. You ever, have, you ever prayed a prayer and God answered it? Well, we shout, don't we? Let me tell you what God done for me. But have you ever prayed a prayer and God didn't answer it? Let me rephrase that. Maybe he answered it, no. And you may still be praying about something that God ain't answered yet. I've talked to the Lord about some things and it's been no. That's not a good feeling sometimes. It just ain't going to work that way. You got, I mean, that's, that's what I hear from heaven sometimes. Yeah. I don't know how the Lord talks to you sometimes in your heart, but sometimes he just gets real plain with me. Or I think he does anyway. I think he just gets real plain and he just talks to me and says, yeah, go this way, go that way, or that ain't going to work. No, we can't do that. But when you pray, do you pray just believing that he can? I mean, man, we serve a great big God, don't we? I mean, we serve a mighty God. I mean, that, 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 I mean, He snatched you out of the pit of hell, snatched me out of the pit of hell, uh, and, and we believe that He secures our soul and keeps us for eternity, but yet we don't believe He can answer our prayer. How'd you get saved? You got saved for by grace, or are you saved through what? Faith. We be faithful in prayers, but then we pray in faith. But then number three, we've got to get free from hindrances. Matthew 6 talks about getting into the prayer closet. As I said, there's, there's no uh, specific list or no specific reason they're in front of each other. Matthew 6 and verse 5, But when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not you therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. Now let me park with this last verse first. 
He already knows what you need. That's amazing tonight. That's amazing that God already knows what you need. But He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. But we need to get free from Him. Now notice He says right here that He talks about getting into the prayer closet. He said, enter into thy closet and when thou shut thy door. Hunter, I don't have a problem getting into the closet. I have a problem shutting the door. I have a problem turning everything else off. I have a problem getting away from this world. We see so much, hear so much, we're exposed to so much. I don't know how your mind is, but my mind runs a hundred mile an hour all the time. Going to bed is an exciting time around my house because I got to figure out how to turn my mind off. It's been that way for years, hadn't it? I mean, it's been that way for years. I actually sat down on the couch the other day and didn't have my phone in my hand, TV wasn't on, and I just sat there and stared off into oblivion. I thought, what a blessing. It would do me and you both good to go wander out into the woods about two or three miles, lean up against a tree and sit down right there and just stay out there for about four hours. Would do us good. I mean, it would do us real good to just get along, to get out there and get get away uh, uh, into a prayer closet. We're so busy. Hey, if you're too busy to pray, uh, you're too busy. I know we can pray going down the road. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to enter into the prayer closet going down the road, you might want to pull over. Amen. Because you still got to be paying attention what's going on around you. But I'm telling you, when we enter into our prayer closet, nothing else matters except about what uh, we're going to pray. You know, Jesus, when he would pray, uh, uh, he would get alone in the wilderness uh, and go out there by himself and pray. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, when they were fixing to come and take him, uh, he had his disciples here. He took Peter, James, and John and put them there. And the Bible said he went a stone's throw uh, uh, even further. Why? To get alone uh, by himself. I'm going to deal with fasting here in a minute. But in 1 Corinthians it said, Defraud you not one the other, except it be for consent for time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and the prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. And what he's talking about there is a relationship between the husband and the wife. But even right there, there is a time to become separate to pray. It's not to be long. But there is a time to get along. We pray faithfully, we pray in faith, we pray free from hindrances. Get Hey, listen, Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. Uh, and, and I mean, first he, he had to fight the battle there at Mount Carmel, but the Bible said that he went on up, I believe, uh, when he was praying for rain. Got on up our by self. Begin to seek God. If you need God to do something, you 
You, you need, me and you both need to have a prayer closet. If you want to learn how to pray, get in the prayer closet. Set you some time aside. Got too much to do, preacher. Set you some time aside. Set you some time aside. You hear me tonight? Listen, you need to pray in that prayer closet. Number four. It takes fasting sometimes. He told them in verse 16 of Matthew 6, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So he deals with prayer. I mean, that's what he deals with in Matthew 6 from verse 5 uh, all the way down to verse 15 because he gives the model prayer again. I just didn't read it. And then right after prayer, he talks about fasting. I go back to 1 Corinthians. He said, Defraud you not one the other, except it be for consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. They go together. Fasting and prayer. When you give up your necessary food, here we are going to go eat here in a minute. And I'm preaching on fasting. That ain't right, is it? <laughs> Leave it to the preacher, amen. I don't guess we're going to fast here in just a little bit, amen. When me and you will give up our necessary food so that God will move. I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. There's sometimes when you really get a burden on you, you don't want to eat. You don't feel like it. I'm just going to be honest with you. You you don't feel like eating. Matthew 17 verse 19. Then came the disciples of Jesus part and said, Why could we not cast him out? There was a father... The Lord and, and Peter, James, and John is on the Mount of Transfiguration. While they're up there, there was a man brought his son who's possessed of the devil under his disciples and they could not cast him out. But Jesus did. So in verse 19, Then came the disciples of Jesus' part and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. All right, they had a lack of faith, didn't they? So now we're back to faith again. You going to pray in faith? For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by what? Prayer and fasting. He said, you're going to have to pray in faith, but you needed to be fasting. You know what that tells me? Them disciples wasn't fasting, were they? That's, that is a hard thing to do. I, to be honest with you, there's, there's very few times in, in life, I know that I've needed to fast, and, and so I go ahead and fast, but it's, it is not a pleasurable thing to your flesh to fast. It's not pleasurable at all. 
It's not pleasurable to mine. Maybe it is to yours. I don't know. I heard about one preacher one time. Uh, him and another evangelist was rooming. They was preaching a meeting together and they were rooming in the same room. And he sat down about 10 o'clock after the meeting. And he said, oh man, I forgot. And the other preacher looked at him and said, what, what do you mean you forgot? Forgot what? He said, man, I forgot to eat today. He said, how did you forget to eat? I don't forget to eat. I mean, do you forget to eat? I don't forget to eat. My flesh likes to eat. My flesh, I, it just loves to eat. But boy, when we need to pray and we need God to move, it may take some fasting to get it done. Praying and fasting goes together. Number five. You know, was it Job that, that talks about the Word of God, how much he loved it more than his necessary food? His necessary food. That, he means that what takes to survive. That's what we're talking about in fasting. Number five. You find the will of God. You'll learn to pray, find the will of God. Little John said, and this is the confidence that we have in him, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. James put it like this. He said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You know what the word amiss means? Wrong, faulty, out of order, or contrary to the truth. He said, you're praying wrong. You're asking wrong. I think about, I, I, I think about, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not been here, but I, I think about this, this thought here. You may have parents that their child is in prison or in jail and they're asking the Lord, get, get my child out of prison, get them out of jail. That might not be what they need. They may be exactly where they need to be. Now you might want to pray, Lord, keep them safe while they're in there. Uh, Lord, help them see their need while they're in there. But it might be behind them bars that the preacher just might come in and preach to them and the Holy Spirit might deal with their heart. Amen. Sometimes our prayer, you say, well, there's nothing wrong with praying that they would get out. I would normally agree with that, but you don't know the will of God in this situation. And finding His will is a hard thing sometimes or seems to be a hard thing. Let me say that. It's really not hard. We just think it is sometimes. We need to pray in His will. And sometimes we have to say, Lord, I don't know, but would you give me some direction on that thing? I just don't know. But would you help me with that? I mean, he already knows. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what you don't know and what you do know. He already knows your heart. He already knows my heart. He already knows what we're willing to do and what we're not willing to do. We just need to ask according to his will. Number six, and last of all, Sometimes we can't figure out how to pray. We fail at it. 
We, we don't know how to pray. We, we don't know what to pray. We, we're in such a state of mind or a state of spiritual, a lack of whatever we need. But in Romans 8, he said, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which, we cannot, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. I think if you have spent any time in the battle, in your Christian life, you understand them verses right there. There's been times you just didn't know how to pray. But yet the Holy Spirit interceded for us. Sometimes I wonder if he looks up to heaven and says, Lord, he don't know. (laughs) He prays when we don't know how. It's not that he prays when we're too lazy to or we're too sidetracked to. If you look at that verse, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That's plural. It's more than one. We got problems. It intercedes for us. It makes intercession for us when we don't know how to pray. Can I tell you, it's, it's, it's not that we're always going to know what to do, but we do know who to go to to learn how. That's why he said come boldly under the throne of grace that you may find mercy and grace to help in a time of need. We need to learn to pray. I've been saved, I'm 48 years old going on 49. I've been saved since I was 14. I've been here since I was 26. And I'm still learning to pray. I'm still learning. But I sure do like it. I like to pray. Because I'm glad there's a God in heaven Bible said inclines to us. You know what that means? He bends over and leans toward us. That's what the word incline means. Said he does that. Let's bow our heads tonight if we